Welcome to the We Are Next podcast, advice and insight from all over the advertising industry to help you navigate your career with confidence. I'm Natalie Kim. And I'm Dosianati Koram, Senior Talent Acquisition Manager at AKQA. And thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Natalie, and welcome to episode 22. First of all, happy holidays to everyone. It's definitely the end of the year because I have been procrastinating hardcore. I There's only a couple things left on my to-do list for the year, including putting out this last episode, but it everything just feels 10 times harder than it needs to be. In other news, we just moved across town in the last few days, which was a lot, but as annoying as moving is, it feels like a really nice fresh start for the new year. This is actually the first time I'm recording in my new home office, so hopefully everything is working correctly and sounding good. I wanted to end the year with an interview that I did with Dosia Narte-Karam. She's a senior talent acquisition manager at AKQA Portland. There's something extra comforting about hearing advice straight from the people who will be looking at your job application. And Dosia was so warm and ready to share her take on things. So let's get to the last episode of the year. Enjoy. So thank you for having me. We're in the Portland office. I'm here after a little speaking trip at the University of Oregon. And we first met kind of randomly at at Color. (laughs) I remember very distinctly, actually, because it was like during lunch. And Uh it's one of those like times where you have a break, but like you're also supposed to be like networking and Uh connecting with people. (laughs) And um, I don't know if it was you who came up where we were sharing at one of those like stand up tables. I do remember. Where it's always like, can I join? It's like, hi. I know. It's always kind of one of those like, I mean, for me, it's always like slightly awkward, but I guess everyone's in the same boat. Totally. Everyone is in the same boat. It was very awkward, but um, I'm glad you were friendly and I'm glad it's led to this yeah no I was super excited to um, not only come visit the AKQA Portland office I've never been to this particular office um, but I'm always I feel like conversations with people who are on the talent acquisition recruiting side within agencies I feel like people want to hear it straight from your mouth about you know getting into the industry because I know you do interface uh, when people are applying for a job so yep um, why don't we start at the beginning I'd love to hear how you made your way into the industry, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Um, So I came from a very different kind of, totally different um, sector and industry to where I am now. I thought way back when, um, when I was applying for college and um, higher education that I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I want to be like a really cool, like criminal lawyer or um, I want to be like an Ally McBeal. And I don't know if <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> that listen to this will remember Ally McBeal, but hopefully a lot of a lot of guys will. Yeah. But um, yeah, I wanted to do that. I, um, I don't know if it's like my... I don't know if it's got to do with like my star sign, like yeah. balance, Libra, or um, what have you. I, I thought law. And I feel like, you know, I still have that that kind of like legal legal thinking or um, in, in the back of my mind. But um, after I did that at college and I did a couple of work experiences mm-hmm. um, during the college years, I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> this is unfortunately very boring. Yeah. And I apologize to anyone that is still in that field. No offense, no shade. Um, but um, I felt it was really boring. Um, it's a lot of reading and I didn't, I didn't think that that was going to be for me. So 
Um, I came out of college and um, surprisingly, um, not a lot of people know this, but I saw in Glamour magazine, Glamour UK, um, that there was a recruitment consultant. Um, they had a feature on um, employment and you know mm -hmm. what you could be coming out of like university or what have you, like oh. people in high positions. And there was like, a recruitment consultant, and she was earning like you know a lot of coin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, that sounds like something that I want to do. Yeah. Um, so I kind of interviewed a lot of places trying to get into like the like the first rung of the ladder and in, in recruitment consultancy so what that's like a recruitment coordinator mm -hmm. a resource a researcher um and i was getting no's like left right and center they were saying that like, i didn't have any sales experience mm -hmm. and um i was like okay so how am i going to get sales experience it's one of those catch 22 sure. type of things um so what i ended up doing was going into telesales and I don't know if that is like a term that's known here in the US but it's essentially cold calling people and trying to sell them double glazing windows <laughs> or trying to sell them their um, home phone packages yeah. so I don't know many people that have home phones or use home phones right. anymore but yeah I would sell them their monthly um their monthly package for their home phone of like British Telecom yeah. or whatever telecom company. Um, and uh, that was soul destroying, <laughs> as you can imagine. imagine. Yeah. Um, but it really did help get a thick skin in sales. It helped you to kind of get um, a, an understanding of, of how to take no's mm -hmm. and um, how to be tenacious and... Um, and, and that sales element, you know, being able to speak to people and understand like, what they need and give them something that they, they might find useful. Um, uh, I did feel like, you know, I needed to do that just for a period of time, um, just to get the sales experience. But then I was fortunate enough to get into a small recruitment consultancy as a researcher. And a researcher back then was basically mm -hmm. someone who was... Um, always looking on different tools to find candidates, like gaining a network of people and then putting them to a recruiter to then um, be put through the recruitment process for a job. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was like my first um, foray into recruitment and talent. And then I did that for a couple of um, different companies um, and I did it for a recruitment company in a in a team that was focused on new media mm -hmm. so again that shows how long i've been in this game <laughs> back then we called it new media um and i did it um i basically did it for like broadcast companies advertising agencies yep. and um product um companies um and these were cool people that kind of you know worked in in like cutting edge communications yep. um and after that, that was probably around 2008-ish, and then after that I um, then went into Skype. I was mm -hmm. a recruitment coordinator at Skype, um, and that was super exciting because then I was able to work on um, a more international scale yeah. um, uh, as a recruitment coordinator for EMEA, um, and I remember being on Skype calls with our global team in, in uh, San Francisco and, and Tallinn and mm -hmm. Estonia. Um, and that 
that was just amazing to me that we could all kind of work across all these different time zones and yeah. be a team. Um, uh, and then after Skype, um, I moved into um, AKQA, been at AKQA ever since, like 2011. And that's how I got into it. Sorry, that's a very no, long no. I love hearing people's intro. I love hearing pe- about people's paths, and I think it's really interesting that because I've talked to a lot of recruiters in the past, specifically for advertising, where they, I mean, everyone gets in their own way, but you know, they worked a certain role within advertising before mm-hmm. finding recruiting, you know, internal yeah. agency and making that transition. Um, but you sort of knew, like, almost from the get go, I know yeah. you dabbled in law, but <laughs> almost from the get go of your career, that, that recruiting was something that you wanted to do. So I think mm-hmm. that, that's actually really special. I think it's a luxury to know or have a very strong feeling that you want to mm-hmm. you know, pursue a certain thing. Um, I wanted to ask, like, from your perspective, I know this is not going to be on the outline but mm-hmm. from your perspective when you look at like kind of the recruiting landscape because you talked about you know recruiting for a company like Skype and mm-hmm. or um, recruiting at uh, you know almost like consultancies or agencies that place people in different types of companies and then yeah. now you're working within the With walls one of, company. Yeah, of yeah. one company in terms of like the advertising space and I'm sure it changes every day do you have a sense of what like the percentage of people who actually work within agencies versus people who work for like recruiting firms that place people if you don't that's fine yeah, we can cut this no, out, i i um i still rely on um some of these external recruiting yeah. partners yeah. um so yeah a lot of i i did feel the sense of you know getting out of the recruitment partner and the recruitment agency mm-hmm. um industry but um uh, in order to kind of like really hone in and learn and um, be able to be able to paint a picture of, of someone's like you know perspective employer yeah. in the best way that I could because I'm in those do- in those doors yeah but um, yeah both seem to be you know still very um, present and viable yeah. routes um, yeah. for people um, and both both seem to exist um, uh, in collaboration yeah like I I. I, you don't find it often, but I love it when I am able to find a recruitment, an external recruitment partner that that I can just say, this is what we're looking for, and they can come back to me with you know very um, highly qualified um, profiles. Yeah, I think uh, thanks for you know that perspective. I just feel like, especially when you're first getting into the industry, and it just it's kind of can be confusing in terms mm-hmm. of like what resources to really turn to yeah, whether it's right. you know people who work within the walls of an agency yeah. or external uh, recruiters and you know, really how do they point. interface and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I appreciate that perspective can you describe your role here at AKQA the things that you do day to day your mm-hmm. responsibilities yeah so um here at AKQA Portland, I am responsible for um, recruiting and talent um, for every department that isn't creative. Um, our creative department is our biggest one, mm-hmm. um, and you know it has a lot of different roles and, and um, functions, from UX to um, design, copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a colleague that, that handles all of that. It's very fast, pa- fast moving and yeah. fast paced. Um, and I do everything from tech to account to strat. Um, and um, core services mm-hmm. and operations as well. Um, so my role is essentially to work with um, the managing director of the office mm-hmm. and um, the heads of department to figure out, you know, what are the open positions, um, 
work with them on defining um, briefs and looking at what, what is needed. I um, the person that will be the first point of contact for most people coming in to interview in those departments. Yep. Um, I love to kind of be out there in the industry and, and networking at different events. Um, and that is, you know, how a lot of people kind of find out about um, AKQA. But yeah, from interviewing um, to um, like networking externally um, to like hiring paperwork and things like that, that's <laughs> that's like my role and, and function. And you've been at AKQA for going on six years now, mm. I think I saw on your LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. What about this agency keeps you here? I think that's... You're getting to that point where it's quite rare, you know, yeah. that people stay at one shop for, for so long. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I sometimes do feel like a bit of a veteran um, <laughs> at AKQA, but there are a number of people um, that, you know, are, are in this office and, and back in um, the London office that I that I um, transferred from mm-hmm. that are going on, you know, 10 years or more. So that wow. that's also exciting. Um, but what keeps me at AKQA is definitely the opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm not, not from Portland. I um, <laughs> moved from London and, and that came about because um, after a year of being at AKQA, you are able to say, look, th- this is a, a large networked agency. We have offices globally. Um, I'm really interested in moving to um whether it might be sao paulo or um tokyo um and that that's exciting being able to look at the the like international and global collaboration and and opportunities to international growth and mobility there Mm -hmm. um i thought that i was going to be in like a new york or like a west coast um, side of, of, of north america but i knew i wanted to be in america um so i put my hand up and um here i am so it is definitely the opportunity um and the opportunity to go from like a very large london office to a smaller portland office and see that grow mm-hmm. um that that was that's that's you know exciting to me and that's what keeps me here yeah i mean if you can have a hand in like building up an office and mm-hmm. kind of being on the ground as it grows i always think that's so exciting because it's yeah. not just about the work that the shop putting is putting out, but mm-hmm. it's the people that you're adding to the team, and especially when it when, when it is small, like under a hundred. Like every I know, like every new hire is just is so important. Not that yeah. it isn't when you're like five hundred, but still, it's like yeah. you you know that everyone that you add proportionally like does have such an effect on mm-hmm. the culture and the just environment in the office. And yeah. so um, I could see how that would be a draw to it to is. stay involved in that. And also just to see people's growth as well. I have a funny story about um, uh, a couple of years ago here in Portland, because um, AKQA, we work with Nike, and obviously mm-hmm. Nike's um, Global HQ, World HQ is out here in um, in Beaverton. Um, and so a lot of people that I've hired have had a chance to work on that. So I think it was a couple of years ago, um, we, I was out and about and, and, and a few of my friends are here mm-hmm. and they all work in different offices but to see them all here in Portland was like a real kind of emotional moment for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I hired you all in London oh, and here you are in Portland, whether you like work in London or right. you work in the Portland office or you're about to transfer to the New York office right. or whatever office we're going to be opening up next. Like it's it's great to see oh, their growth yeah. as well. Um, so that that's 
that's a, a kind of like a win and a thumbs up and what keeps like the value yeah. <laughs> for me. Oh, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I have the same feeling when I like see students that I've met, like when they were at school yes. and now they're in the industry yeah. and, I, uh-huh. and I, you know, I meet up with them, you know, whether it's here in Portland or I just mm-hmm. actually came from a coffee with someone who I met when they were in school and they now work at Wyden. And so we met up for coffee. Nice. So it's just very like, yeah, oh. <laughs> it's warming inside. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. <laughs> I wanted to tackle a really common question that I get from students and talent just starting out, finding their first job. And that's, the question is, what is the best way for someone to sort of stay on a recruiter's radar? Mm-hmm. Meaning maybe they had an initial conversation and there wasn't an opportunity at the time and the recruiter's like, oh, you know, keep in touch, you know, you know down mm-hmm. the line. Um, how can people do that without, you know, being annoying or just feeling like they're just hitting you up because they need something? Yeah, no, that that is a good question. And um, I, I was just saying this to someone um, recently um, that it, it's great to just do a check-in um, via email or um, try and check in um try and check in like face to face as well mm-hmm. if, if possible um, if you see that you know a recruiter is going to be attending something like a networking event yeah. or um, what have you try and be like oh you know how's, how's everything going because I, I, I get in Portland there are there are those opportunities mm-hmm. I feel like I, I have like a um, a talent kind of circle of friends here that um, are at different agencies that we kind of see each other around so yeah. um Students or people that are out looking should know that the recruiters are out there yeah. um, somewhere. So, yeah. you know, keep an eye out. Um, I would also, in those kind of like email check-ins, um, ask questions. Like, you know, make it a question that is relevant about, you know, the progress since mm-hmm. you last spoke um, or um, anything that you might have done recently that, that you kind of want to get on that recruiter radar. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's a project that, that you spoke about in, in initial kind of informational, um, share your portfolio. Obviously, like my updated piece of work that I'd love you to check out, yeah. that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, um, like general check-ins via email, but also have something in that check-in um that is poignant that kind of moves that that relationship further whether that's a question or Mm -hmm. whether that's an update Mm -hmm. what's your stance on connecting through social media so you mentioned email which is you know Mm -hmm. and i've been hearing more and more for people about kind of the soft touch of you know just Mm -hmm. like staying on someone's radar by connecting through social and staying Mm -hmm. engaged that way is that something i know it's a very personal choice yeah it is it is personal that's (laughs) Um, and i'm not as um active on um the the twitter and and things like that i'm mainly linkedin mm-hmm. um as like a as a professional presence yep. um but i do tweet once in a while <laughs> so but um i think that I, I i like to you know use those um those platforms or channels as like sourcing yeah. so um i think that, that that's great to to connect via that as well mm-hmm. so um one of the things that that drew me to this industry is definitely the um, the creative minds and the people in it, and a lot of people use those platforms to share themselves. Yes. So um, being connected on those platforms, I think, is is just only you know a, a bonus, yeah. it's like a benefit. 
And it's a good um, reason for people who are, especially when they're in the job search and the thick of it, to stay active on those channels. Yeah. Not just like, yes, connecting with people, but mm-hmm. also, and it doesn't mean that you have to, I think, create like original content that you're sharing, mm-hmm. especially like, I say, tell people that on LinkedIn all the time. Like, people share other people's, you know, articles exactly. or pieces all the time, yeah. and they add, you know, uh, their like little one line POV, yeah. and at least it shows that you're sort of like an active participant in the mm-hmm. industry because I feel like if you connect with someone let's say through Twitter and they haven't posted anything since like 2015 like what's really yeah. not saying anything about you today so no, that's true um, even if you're not on there like all the time you know just making sure that you have some sort of small presence at no least. totally and then you have <laughs> like to that point that you say um you know, you might have not posted anything since 2015, you know, mm-hmm. but um, there's still there's still a lot of um, benefit that you can get from being on there and just looking at people and just taking that information in. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of people doing that, whether that's ghost followers yeah. or whatever you might call yeah. it. But um, just, you know, use those platforms to, to take it in and, you know, filter yeah. and file that, that information. Yeah. I imagine that you and your team get a lot of outreach in terms of mm-hmm. resumes and portfolios that are, you know, proactively sent to you, yeah. whether there, you know, is a job available or it's not a job available. <laughs> I'd love to hear your sort of personal process in assessing a job application because I think it's something that a lot of people wonder about. You know, you send in your stuff and it's almost like throwing it into this kind of like black hole. Yeah. Like, what happens to it? Um, I, I guess, yeah, if you could just talk through, you know, when you receive an application, how you start to assess it. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And um, yeah, you're right. Recruiters are normally inundated with um, applica- applications and interest um, from people all over the world and people all over like different industries. Yeah. Um, and I've had some, yeah, I've seen some very interesting profiles come through for certain positions that, that I put up. But um, for me, when I have an application come through, like from a um, job that I've posted, like, you have there there is an element of like you know trying to get through a lot of them um uh, in a timely fashion mm-hmm. so um i am looking at title i'm looking at company i'm looking at responsibilities um i am also then looking on linkedin and anything else that can corroborate like the the person's experience mm-hmm. um and i also you know like you say like looking on twitter or anything else that will give me a, a, a another um, that paint another picture of this person. Yep. Um, but yes, I, I'm like looking at what they've done and how relevant it is to this open position or maybe other positions that, that um, I have. Um, and then I would reach out and have like an informal conversation with them or like a 30 to, to um, 60 minute um, initial call. Mm-hmm. Then hopefully push that through to like a line manager um, and then get that person through that, that the interview process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there anything that would like you, that if you saw it that would kind of immediately rule someone out, or anything that is just like so glaring when you when you see it in an application? Not really. Um, I do feel that I take my time with um, applicants, and I don't like to send rejections to people. Um, straight away mm-hmm. I would probably only like to send rejections to people w- once I have 
fill the position, if that makes sense. I see. Um, unless they have absolutely zero um, experience that is relevant or translatable or transferable to a role. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is a, there's always, you know, the adage or the advice that you need to have a, a well-written resume and um, it if you have like typos and um, spelling mistakes right. as well, that that can be, um, that that's something that I pick up on. If I don't pick up on it, then the line manager is going to pick up on right. it. Um, and that might not stand you in the best um, stead, but for the most part, like I don't think there's anything that I'll be like, I'll look at a resume and, and say, no, this God, is absolutely now. not going to work now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I like to take my time and I like to, you know, make sure I have clear reasons if I'm not going to pass on, if I'm going to pass on someone yeah. um, and send them an email that, that says it's, it's not the right time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much does a person's previous agencies matter in terms mm. of like the names of certain shops on resumes or... Would it is it more about the experience that they're bringing, no matter you know where they're coming from? Yeah, I feel like it. There are elements of both that that um, that play uh, into my into our decisions because I feel like you automatically do spot it's like familiarity of like agencies when you you are looking at people's resumes, and that is great because you feel that there's going to be some kind of um, easier learning curve like or some kind of synergy with um, culture and approach mm-hmm. um, to work. Um, so sometimes agencies um, on your resume are important. I don't know if there are... Um, there, there would only be like a key or... Um, target agency if it's a specific kind of unique type of project like um, like you would you would want to see someone from like an IDO for something quite specific sure, sure. or you'd want to see someone from you know an, another type of agency for a specific type of project but um, yeah I don't and when you see that you know as a recruiter you might like light up and be like oh this is great someone from this amazing shop is like you know interested in us Mm -hmm. but at the same time the way that AKQA works is very much around like you know the whole picture of like innovation and ideas and um, creative communication and um, each of our different shops might have a different focus Um, Mm -hmm. so if someone comes from a an agency that's a little bit more focused on um, media media search and analytics for Mm -hmm. example that might not be as suited for um, like our shop in in Portland or a studio in Portland um, but it might be suited for our studio in um, San Francisco so um, yeah it's it's got to be like a good balance of like different backgrounds as well as hopefully some experience in in um, in a creative or advertising company. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. It's, I, I just get that question so much too. And I feel like students feel like they have to, I mean, a lot of them only know of a certain number, <laughs> a number of, of agencies. agencies when they yeah. graduate. It takes mm-hmm. a little time to wrap your head around yeah. all the options that you do have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always, I always like to ask that question because I think, yeah, to your point, it's, 
it's a little bit of both. It's like yeah. there are certain shops that people would recognize, but mm-hmm. it's not like that's the automatic ticket into mm-hmm. uh, getting hired at, at your next shop. This is true. Yeah. When you're graduating, coming out of school, I think it's for me when I think about standing out or differentiating oneself. I feel like it's almost the hardest time in your career to do that because mm. everyone's gone through the same you know school program with the same classes mm-hmm. maybe they have the same amount of like internship experience mm-hmm. and we know for this industry that you know it's all all about kind of uh setting yourself apart or you know um totally. uh, thinking differently and standing mm-hmm. out so based on what you've seen in the past are there some ways that new graduates can differentiate themselves as potential hires i don't know based on what you've seen in the past or um Um, yeah yeah, I would say it is really about the um the presentation of of your work um and how you network in the industry Mm -hmm. so um I I think I was in at a like a talk that was not actually in advertising Mm -hmm. it was actually someone this week here in portland that was talking about a a leather line that that she made Mm -hmm. and we it was a small group of us that were there but we all said our names and what we do um and um i told them that i was a recruiter and (laughs) so it ended up that there was someone who was very interested in social media and fashion who essentially followed me around the room <laughs> whilst we were at that um, at that that talk, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of appreciated that because I was like, this person is hustling. They are keen to connect with a recruiter, and um, she'd obviously told everyone that she had just graduated and is not uh, and, and is looking for a job. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I would say to kind of differentiate yourself, you need to be out there and networking. Um, you need to, you know, find people that are going to be, um, you know, active in the industry, but also um, you take the opportunities because you just yeah. never know when you're going to be, you know, n- next to someone that's going to help you out in, in your career mm-hmm. and what have you. Um, but apart from that, I think it is about how you present your work and um, how you can describe and, and um, elaborate on your specific involvement in projects and what you um, and what you want to be doing. So what mm-hmm. you did and what you want to be doing. Um, just keep it simple. Um, have like a quiet confidence in yourself because I know that it can be hard when you're looking and yeah. you know you can get a lot of no's but have a quiet confidence and be able to say you know this is what I'm this is what I do and this is what I want to do because my skills are not there yet mm-hmm. um, and because a lot of people go into interviews and say that they can do the world or they can like you know yeah. they, they sell right. you they sell themselves to you um, and maybe it's just my preference I, I just like the the work and your approach to kind of speak for itself yeah um, and and yeah I think that that gets you a lot further ah, it sounds like, like having that self-awareness of, yes yeah like what, mm-hmm. what you've done where you are now but mm-hmm. also you know where you still need to grow and yeah how you want to grow not everyone wants to you know become a certain type of creative or you mm-hmm. know I think having a clear perspective on that even as you're just starting out when yeah. even though it feels like I should be just like open to everything mm-hmm. I think having a POV on that I, I feel like 
people on the receiving end really appreciate that. No, definitely. And I was also going to say, I know that um, a lot of um, college courses and universities will have... um, like mock ad schools or mock yeah. ad companies within your course, yeah. um, and that kind of collaboration um, is 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 supposed to be setting you up for what it's going to be like in in industry. Mm-hmm. So if you can look at that um, and kind of just continue to collaborate, continue to um, do things and make things, I think that would stand out. Like yeah. have uh, have an ad, like a serious passion for something, and then figure out how advertising and um, communications can can speak to that mm-hmm. and just just like you know create something that perhaps isn't isn't being given by a client like you know be proactive about that yeah. um, and that's something that you can speak to companies about and they'll be like oh well this person is you know they're living and breathing it um, outside of education right. and their nine to five if they're already in a job like right. they're really thinking about it yeah, I always tell people that you're a lot more, it's a lot easier to create opportunities for yourself. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you get projects through classes and your internship and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But whether it's, you know, talking with other student groups on campus or um, like family and family friends about things that you can be making and doing or mm-hmm. however you apply like the skills that you want to use in your career to the needs of the people around you, yeah. you know, for free and it, because mm-hmm. it's just additional points for your portfolio and yeah, exactly. like again showing that proactivity that you went out and did it. I, I can see how that would be super um, valuable for someone Definitely. on the recruiting side. What are some of the best questions that you've gotten during interviews? You know, in that time at the end after you've you know asked all your questions, you know, work. I feel like interviews always end with, you know, do you have any yeah. questions for me? Yeah, I mean, I always get the kind of like, what, why do you, why do you kind of stay at AKQA, or what is the best thing that you like about AKQA? Yeah. I get that a lot, um, but I don't have many people asking. Um, like are there areas that you feel that I what are the areas that you feel that um, my skills match what you're looking for mm. and what are the areas that you feel that my skills perhaps don't match oh, interesting. yeah um, that's that's a good one it kind of puts the recruiter on the spot but yeah. at the same time it, it, it's, it's probably better to be more transparent about you know your um, your potential kind of eligibility for the position um, and it kind of opens up the door for you to say, ah, I haven't sold myself in the way that I want to sell myself mm. um, because I've totally, this person's totally not picked up on this bunch of skills that I got right. doing X, Y, and Z. So um, that would be a question that I've had a couple of times that I think is good. Um, what other things that I would say? I would say that... Um, and a good question to ask also would be to get an understanding of what things might look like six, nine, 12 months down the line. Mm. Or if you want to bring it back a little bit, like what can I be expected to do in my first 90 days? That type of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's a good question to ask um, a line manager. Um, I don't know if a recruiter would, would um, have the answer for that because right. that is quite a direct line manager 
um, focus question. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think that those are those are probably good questions. I love that first one. I think yeah. that's so such a great piece of advice because yeah, it can it, it can help you in kind of giving you feedback on like mm -hmm. how you're doing through this interview process. Yeah, totally. In, in like as you're going through it and also, I mean, most recruiters hopefully will give you that kind of feedback at the end of the process if it didn't go forward. Exactly. Or, but some, sometimes people don't. They're just like, yeah, exactly. sorry, it was, you know. Not so that's your opportunity to get the real. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love to that. To get the real right there from the horse's mouth. Um, and then hopefully be able to kind of, you know, come back from that. So I always, something that I don't see often that I think might be good for people that are trying to get into the industry is if you do get a rejection email as well, perhaps, you know, write back with um, something that, um, with something that you, to say, you know, to acknowledge that as well as, um, you know, leave them with a bit of a nugget to say, you know, despite me not being good for this, I'm still very interested in this, in this company mm -hmm. and position. Mm -hmm. um, and leave them with something that knows that you are extremely interested in, you know, there is a genuine interest in, you know, pursuing a career with this company. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't get many people responding back to, um, that's true. Um, you know, the emails that are like the past emails. Yeah. Because it um, feels just like, oh, that's yeah, no, that's that it. Doors closed. Don't yeah, don't let that be the door closed. Like leave leave the company or the re recruiter with something that says that you're still interested. Mm -hmm. um, I've had the other I've had the other side where someone responds to a rejection email being quite salty, oh, no. <laughs> and that's not a good plan. That's Never not a helps. good way to <laughs> to go about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are so many reasons that, that you do get the, the email that says, you know, we're passing on you on this, this mm -hmm. occasion. Um, and you don't know, sometimes you don't know why. Right. So ask the question in the, in the interview. If you don't get a chance to ask the question in the interview, maybe ask it, um, after the pass email yeah. or just leave them with a note of positivity and, um, a note that you are still interested in, in a career with a company. Oh, I love that advice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you have any other, I mean, you've laid so much great advice about, you know, the job application process. Mm -hmm. Anything, any other last thoughts about, um, you know, those just starting their careers, things they could be doing better to help them land their first jobs? If we've already covered it, then we can move on. But if there was any last thoughts. Um, I would say, you know, do your research 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 mm -hmm. um i think that you know there's there's so much information out there to glean from you know d different finding different people that work at places a lot of companies have um have really dialed up their um their candidate engagement or employee employer branding um, mm -hmm. out there so you can get a good sense of you know what it might be like to work somewhere um, so do your research um, and then also really try and narrow it down in terms of what you want to do mm -hmm. um, I know when you're starting out you might feel like it is a bit of a minefield there's so many different right. directions but there is time for you to change and pivot directions once you're in a company um, uh, but think about where you want to go and um, what's next for you mm -hmm. um, and then really find people that are um, visible within companies like I said I, I know that 
there's a bunch of recruiters out here in Portland that are out there at networking events and industry events and stuff like that. And there are going to be managers and, uh, you know, senior folk that are out at at industry events, um, whether it's a meetup or or what have you. And if they're visible, it's likely that they're going to care about, you know, who's coming up and um, the the um the direction of the industry because they're taking time to kind of be yeah. out there and like listen to um people's talks and um perspectives and stuff like that so that is that's a route that you know you know that's kind of like a half open door in a way mm-hmm. so take the opportunity to target those people um and find people of interest might not be the recruiter it could be a manager um and have an informal meeting um coffee what have you um if you don't have the money for a coffee it's very much likely that that, um the person that you're meeting will pay for a coffee yeah (laughs) i feel like i feel like i'm always buying people coffees but i you know i enjoy it i know that you know the people i meet might might be having so many other meetings with with um with recruiters or what have you and it can like cost a lot so um yeah and uh meet those people get a good picture of the company if you don't feel like you can get a good picture of the company um online Mm -hmm. um from a cv um perspective or resume perspective just keep it simple and clear and focus on you know the value that you've added in whatever project or team that you've worked at and focus on what you've done. Like, um, I know that there's a lot of collaboration um, involved, but you need to be able to say what this is, you know, what I, you know, what I brought to the table. Um, And this is how I looked at something critically and this was like the the outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I'd say keep it simple. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I find that's one of the biggest pieces of advice, what you just said before, keep it simple, on making sure that it's clear in your resume the value that you mm-hmm. are bringing. Because especially when people are maybe pivoting roles or their experience isn't like 100% fit yeah. what they want to do. Because like the task of what you're actually doing might not be the same exactly. or might not be transferable. But the value, exactly. I mean, that's what a recruiter can look at and say, oh, I can see how that would apply Indeed, to yeah. what we need here. So I and always feel like people stop at the like oh, I did this mm-hmm. but then like also what you know what benefit did that bring about for totally. the company or the client and that shows that if you can articulate that that shows that you kind of have like a, a mind on the business so you're not just you know there to be told this is your responsibility and this is what you need to execute you're yeah. like aware of you know the bigger picture yeah mm-hmm. oh, so important so important <laughs> all right let's wrap this up with the best piece of advice that you've ever been given um, best piece of advice I've ever been given. Um, I would say, actually, one piece of advice that stood out for me, which happened this week, was um, at that um, at that talk that I, t- I mentioned mm-hmm. a little bit earlier with the leather goods um, maker um, here in Portland, and she was talking about how you know things can things can be like against you or you could feel like you know you're up against it um but just fucking macgyver it <laughs> just fucking macgyver it you can be you can be like thinking that you, there's so many hurdles you're getting no's or you know you're stressed out about stuff but yeah. you know 
take take some time and just somehow bring it together. Like everyone needs to kind of like produce something at some point or um, everyone needs to um, get something out because of a deadline mm-hmm. or what have you. So just fucking MacGyver it. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, another one that I um, got from, this is my kind of um, advice or mm-hmm. best piece of advice I'd say to other people is just be yourself. Um, everyone's journey and everyone's story is different um, but they paint a good you kind of need to own your journey and um, you need to paint that picture of the journey because um, it's interesting um, and you need to be yourself and not oversell and be quietly confident Um, and then the third kind of like piece of advice that um, I heard from another uh, podcast be a good listener um, and be a lifelong learner. Yes, I think that being a lifelong learner is something that I've taken in my um, role where I might not be uh, a creative that's like doing a lot of these sexy things that, that we do with mm-hmm. our clients, but yeah. I get to rub shoulders with these people and I'm always kind of like learn from them um, and just be a lifelong learner in, in um, every area of your life. I think that's a, one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard. Oh, I love it because it can extend past like what you do at exactly. work and everything. Exactly. Best, way, best piece of advice to end on. Thank you so much for taking the time and having oh, me here. Oh, thank you. I'm this glad. is so exciting. I was super nervous, but and I apologize for like my raspy voice. But um, yeah, this is so exciting. I'm oh, happy that great. we could connect. I know. I mean, it's fun to always like keep up with people who you you know meet once. At I a know. <laughs> Where can people keep up with you online? If they want to see what you're up to and yeah sure so um linkedin would probably be the best um dosianati koram um it's got a little d um in my name as well um and you can also check out akqa.com um careers as well that is where we put up a lot of our um open positions globally awesome <laughs> well thank you again thank you thank you so much to dosia my favorite pieces of advice from her hands down were to get out to local events where industry folk are and always replying to rejection emails with positivity. I think that's such good advice. I'll end by saying a huge thank you to every listener out there who is listening now and has listened in the past to the Where Next podcast. I didn't really know what to expect when I started the podcast. It was a sort of natural extension of We Are Next and the weekly emails that we send, but it's been so much fun and the response from the industry and you listeners has been amazing so thank you thank you thank you and if you're feeling the love too the only thing i want for the holidays this year is for you to leave us a review on itunes it really does help students and junior talent find the podcast i hope you have an amazing rest of your holidays with your loved ones and food and gifts and everything that's wonderful in the world i'm natalie and until we're back in the new year on january 2nd you got this